The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. As we celebrate this sixth Sunday of Easter, the tabernacle candle in the Adoration Chapel burns this week in loving memory of Manuel E. Ray. The second collection this weekend is for the Catholic Communication Campaign. Donations are used to promote Catholic social teaching through various forms of media. Half of the collected funds remain in our diocese to support local communications projects. This Thursday is Ascension Thursday, and a traditional Latin Mass will be offered Thursday evening at 5.30 p.m. in the diocese in our province, of course. Uh, the solemnity is, is moved uh, to Sunday, uh, and so Sunday at the, the English Masses uh, will be celebrating the, the Ascension of the Lord uh, and so uh, Thursday, this Thursday is not a day of obligation for those who would attend, but not satisfy the obligation for those who attend. Uh, but it is important to be able to, to remember it, uh, because on Friday, one would begin traditionally the Novena to the Holy Spirit in preparation for Pentecost. Uh, so I would certainly encourage each of you uh, to be able to get uh, to find a copy of that Novena prayer, uh, one of the various prayers for the Novena to the Holy Spirit, and to begin that this coming Friday uh, so as to, to be prepared for Pentecost and the descent of the Holy Spirit upon our church once more. Although she is uh, trumped by the, uh, or the, the Sunday feast that we celebrate this week, the sixth Sunday of Easter, uh, May 22nd, today, is also the feast of St. Rita of Cascia, wonderful Italian saint, as it seems half the saints are Italian saints. I think presumably the proximity to the Vatican gets you, gets you through a little quicker. Your miracles uh, reach their ears a little quicker if you're, if you're closer to the, to the source, if you will. But St. Rita is a wonderful woman of faith. She, together, uh, I think, with St. Jude, you know, St. Jude, of course, is a patron of impossible causes, impossible cases. Uh, so uh, St. Rita is the female counterpart to the same. And so uh, she is one who certainly is a, a powerful intercessor for us. But she also has a rather striking story of our life. And there are a number of things that, uh, in reading the life of St. Rita, that would catch one's attention, that are unique, in a sense. 
It began in her youth, and in fact, as a little, as an infant, she was one day in her crib, and she was there, and her, her mother heard a noise and went in there to check on little Rita, and there she found a most terrifying thing, that bees had swarmed, and they were all gathered around Rita, and they were all there, and Rita had her mouth wide open, and the bees were just coming in and out as if they belonged there, as if there was their, you know, their hive, and they were coming to rest. And she was perfectly at peace with all of this, the little infant. Of course, the mother was not at peace with this, uh, was quite disturbed and, you know, sought to, to be able to, to free her child from all of these bugs that had surrounded her. So it was a striking thing, something that at least caught her mother's attention, that this is unique, this is different. But going through her life, she was a woman of, uh, a young girl of, of great faith, loved our Lord, felt a call to pursue religious life, but her parents uh, requested and encouraged her that she would marry instead. And so, obedient to her parents, she did. She, she married, uh, gave birth to two sons in God's good time. And then at the end uh, was, uh, you know, ultimately her, 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 both her husband and her sons passed away, and she entered into religious life, finally, much to her delight. And this is another remarkable thing that took place to her. Being an older woman and not, not necessarily being the, the norm uh, that you would receive older women in religious communities for various reasons, that uh, Rita requested to join the, to, to join the convent, uh, and they continually said no, and she would make her pleas, and she would try to make her case and, and offer all kinds of things to be able to, to offer a reason of why she should be able to enter. She begged the mother superior, and the answer was continually no. One night, she went to sleep, and when she woke up, she was in one of the cells in the convent, much to her confusion, and much to the confusion of every single one of the sisters that were in the house, knowing that all the doors and gates were locked. No one could get in, and Rita herself didn't try to get in. She just found herself there. And so finding herself in the cell, Mother Superior and the, 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 others, the other sisters present in the community, seeing, seeing Rita there, all jointly agreed with Rita that clearly God must want her there. So she stayed, and she became Sister Rita. She professed her vows. Again, a striking thing. But the thing that continues to stick with me is these are things that indeed our Lord has done for her. And there are things, uh, other things that could be accounted that are similar marvels. But the thing that really struck me about St. Rita's life was the thing that she herself did. And it's a thing that is contrary to the wisdom of this world. Every parent that I've ever known who has lost a child has said something along the same lines that parents are not supposed to bury their children, children are supposed to bury their parents. There's great sadness in the heart of a, of a mother or a father who loses a child, rightly so. And it was in the face of this that we see the, the absurdity of the faith in the midst of the world. St. Rita prayed for the death of her children. It was in the midst of this that St. Rita, her husband had been killed, and her two sons, seeing this and knowing who had done it, intentionally set out with vengeance upon their hearts to be able to get revenge upon the ones who had slain their father and made them orphans uh, from our fatherless children. They sought to kill them, return eye for eye, bloodshed for bloodshed. And Rita, knowing the wickedness that was in their hearts and their plans, prayed to God and asked the Lord that they would be taken from her in this life, 
if they could be preserved in the next. Lord, take them from here. Preserve them from the sin that they intend to commit in this time. And let me have them forever in heaven. This is a voice of faith. To know that it was she was willing to do with the sorrow of losing her children here if she knew that she could have them forever in eternal glory. And when she offered this prayer, not long after, both of her sons fell sick. Both of them repented of their desire, their intention to have vengeance upon others. And they were received, God blessed them with the sacraments, and they both departed this earthly life shortly thereafter. And Rita had lost her sons, and her prayer had been answered. And it was then that, of course, she was able to enter into the convent and to live a life of great holiness. But that holiness was manifest before she entered the convent. It was manifest all throughout her life, in fact. What Rita experienced in that moment is what the Lord offers to us, is the peace that the world cannot give. She knew the peace that the world cannot give. She knew the peace of Christ because it was, it was that that abode within her, that dwelled within her as our Lord comes to make his dwelling with us. It was that peace that welled up within our heart, knowing the big picture. It would be easy to, to clamor and to, to strive to keep one's children here, but she knew that if they were to be able to, to go into eternal glory, she would have them one day again forever. There was a peace within her heart at the loss of her children because she knew where they were, or at least where they were going. There was a peace that was there because it was the Lord who allowed all of these things to take place as he trusted in him. The peace that the Lord gives to us is a peace of proper order, of good order. The peace the world offers to us is usually a temporary thing that's more of a negative thing. It's a lack of violence, a lack of war, a lack of hard words, a lack of division, it's a lack of, of the, the, the noise that happens around us. This is the world that, this is the peace that the world offers to us, because it's the only peace that it can offer, is a, a momentary lack of something else. But the peace that Christ gives to us is a positive peace. It's a peace that even in the midst of the trials of this life endures. This is essentially what he tells his apostles. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. The cross will come. He is going to leave them shortly, and they will experience trials. He's going to, of course, he's leaving for three days, right, in his death, but then he will be raised up. Forty days later, he will, he will leave once again, and then they will be sent out as sheep among wolves. They will experience the cross. They will lay down their lives. They will bear great sufferings for our Lord and for the spreading of the gospel and the salvation of souls. But they are not to have troubled hearts, nor are they to be afraid. In going out in all of these things, they are at peace. The peace the world cannot give, because the world cannot give heaven. The world cannot give eternal hope. The world cannot give us faith in God. Only the Lord can do these things, and he desires to do these things for us, to increase within us that faith and hope that allows us to have great peace even in the midst of the trials of this world because we know that he is about his work. He is watching over us, but he is not deaf to us. 
that the madness of the world is not the final story, nor does it have the final say. It is Christ who is victorious over all things, and it is we who are called to place our trust in him in this life, looking forward to the life of the world to come. Since we offer this Holy Mass, we give thanks to God for the life of St. Rita, for her faith, for her intercession that continues to pour out upon the world and upon us, the wonderful saint of impossible cases and causes. May she continue to intercede for us and to increase within us the faith and hope that she herself possessed from Christ, that we may join her looking forward one day to the saints in glory.